You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. And so we're not going to take a long time, but um, my goodness, I studied all day. And... No, I just really um, have something I really want to get to really quick. I want to remind you what the Holy Ghost said Sunday morning. So we've already, he's been reminding us all night. He said, Jubilee, a restoration of all things. Jubilee, a mark that will be on this church until the return of the Lord. Jubilee, an anointing that I give you unto the Jubilee, a day of restoration, of salvation, of healing, of health, of wholeness, of wealth, of marriages, of all things that pertain unto you, I will perfect. Years that will be restored unto you, things thought lost will be granted, given unto you as a sign. Woo, Lord, use us. As a mark of the last days. Jubilation. And I remember when I was saying this first service, I thought I couldn't get my words out right. Because I was trying to say jubilee, but I kept saying jubilation. And a jubilation is really just an act of rejoicing and joy. Uh, Euphoria is one definition. Ecstasy. Hallelujah. Uh, One definition is rapture. Jubilation. Jubilee is here to stay. We already knew that because Jesus was here to stay, right? And he is jubilee. So look not to the things around you, but set your eyes on me alone for a jubilation and a jubilee day of things yet untold. So rejoice and be glad. 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 Amen. Luke 4.19 talks about, uh, you know, it's really the acceptable year of the Lord, which is Jubilee. Everybody say Jubilee. And so, um, you know, you know, in Leviticus, and we're not going to take time to look back there, but Leviticus 25, it just goes through with the procedure every 50 years, a trumpet sounds and anything that's ever been stolen or that has happened to you, you immediately get it back. Everybody say Jubilee. But now Jesus, he said, this scripture, this day is fulfilled in your ear. And I know we've kind of been going over this a little bit uh, and a lot. But there's something, if the Lord keeps talking about it, that means he's, obviously, he's not done talking about it. And so he doesn't want anybody to be left out. And we've had some miraculous, marvelous things happen for the church as a whole, for the people within the church. And really, it's not limited to these next six weeks because he said Jubilee is going to be a mark on this church. Why? Because he's Jubilee. Anytime you lift up Jesus, he said this scripture is now fulfilled in your ears. Why? Because he is Jubilee. He's the one that has restored all things. And he spilled his blood so that every day can be Jubilee. And so we know that and we're grateful for it. So everybody say Jubilee. Because that's all they had to do is they had to announce every 50 years the trumpet blew. And they would just say Jubilee. And whatever they was lost or stolen or taken from them, they, it had to come back to them. Because it was rightfully theirs. That's the way God has arranged some things for you in this hour that we live in. And so I've got all kinds of cool things that I could go through. And I may because they're... There's, the Bible is just full, uh, uh, you know, Joel chapter 2, verse 25, and I've got a nice definition there, and, um, but I want to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 
couple chapters before, David has got tired of King Saul chasing him. And so he goes away and he basically makes a deal with another king. I'm going to hide out among you. And the king, that king honored him and gave him a town, gave him a city. And that city or that town was called Ziklag. Just a cool name. And so that was his. And so he and his 600 men and their wives and their children were given that place. And from there, uh, David went out and did his thing for the king, uh, really kind of on his own, but kind of was like, I'm doing this in your honor, but he was really doing it on his own because he went out and one of the armies that he, one of the groups he came across that he, that he utterly routed was Amalek. Because of what they have done before, they were enemies. So uh, King da so David at that time is going out and he's winning battles left and right. All right. So we then go, the Bible goes on to talk about this though. Now, um, the Philistines have arrayed themselves against the army of Israel. And David was going to fight against Israel. And so he, he shows up, him and his men. And, and the Philistine princes, the Bible says, like, uh-uh. We don't trust him. He ain't riding with us. Because they were afraid of what? In the middle of the battle, he was going to come up from the rear and, and, and wipe them all out. They knew who David was. Because they said, isn't this the one that they said Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his tens of thousands? We know this dude. He is not riding with us. And so they sent him packing. And so, though, as they sent him packing, Amalek has come up to get revenge. And they come into Ziklag and they destroy everything. So David's already been, you know, kind of got, you know, what we, I don't know if you understand this, but he's got his tail between his legs. He's kind of, I don't know if he's been embarrassed in front of his men, but he can't ride. I don't know that he's sad one way or the other, but he's going home. But he did went home not expecting to see mass destruction. And so you all know this account, but I want to read to you in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, and this is the strong scripture. It's interesting now. The rest of it might have just been for me. This is the strong scripture that came up for you. And I had it all planned out how to get here really nice. But we don't have that kind of time. So 1 Samuel chapter um, 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And this is in verse 1. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded from the south and Ziklag had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. In other words, all their homes were gone. Everything gone. And he had taken the women captive, which really was the mercy of God because David had killed everybody that, you know, where they destroyed. That were there and they slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city and behold, it was burned with fire and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept and they had no power to weep. Now listen. You got 600 guys who are warriors, who are fighters, and their wives and their children and everything they own is gone. But I want you to see the first thing they did is they just, they lost it. They wept. Now this is, a, the Bible doesn't exaggerate. They wept until there was no more power to weep. 
In other words, they were just laid out. They were laid out. They were exhausted. They were devastated. They lost everything. Now, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but even if we take that and you feel a little bit like you've been in a long battle, because see, that's the whole thing. They've been in these battles. They were just ready to go to battle again. They were told to go home. They were expecting to come home to their wives, their children, their livestock, their home, things that they had built, everything that they had, the Lord had given them. They had gathered, and yet they get home, and they weren't expecting this because they were following David. And they expected everything to be good. Now, take this into the new covenant. Just because you serve the Lord doesn't mean the devil's not going to raise his ugly head every once in a while. And even though he's a defeated foe, he is still the God of this world, and he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, you're seated far above him in heavenly places, and you have authority over him. And David had a covenant with God. He was called to be the king. And even though at this time he wasn't king, he was, he was doing his best, and God was working with him. And so this is what happened, though. And it talks about David's two wives taken. And then verse 6 says, and David was greatly distressed. Why? Because he had lost just, you know, his two wives and, and he lost his home and it was just a bad day. No, because now suddenly everyone who loves and adore him turns on him. So not only does he only have his mess of losing his wife, thinking they're dead, losing everything, being rejected here. Trying to do what's right by not killing Saul. He's, he's trying to do right. He's trying, and then suddenly, now all these men who loved and adored him have turned on him. They just didn't like, oh, we don't like you anymore. They threatened to kill him. I don't think it was an idle threat. Because I just don't believe these 600 guys were playing because they lost everything. So we all know how we get <laughs> when things aren't going good. You know, it's not just like you didn't get your morning coffee or something. Everything's going bad. It looks really bad. But now David did this after they spoke of stoning him because everybody was grieved. But David did what? He encouraged himself in the Lord. We're talking about jubilee and how to have it. That's what I'm going to talk to you about just real quick. We're talking about jubilee. Because jubilee means to recover, to restore. And if something is being restored, that means something's been taken away. And so the Lord led me to this because I've, I've ministered on this before because I love, I, I, I just, I love this account of Ziglag because I like the tenacity of David. I, I want to be a man after God's own heart like David. I, I, I study his life because David wasn't perfect, neither are none of us in this room. Is that good English? I don't care. Any of us in this room. All right? So, so I like to study the life of David because he was a man after God's own heart. I, I loved him because he's multifaceted. He's a king. Uh, you know, he also had a prophet's anointing. He, was, he did psalms, hymns, spiritual songs unto the Lord. He was a warrior. Uh, he was a leader. Um, you know, he, he, he was a giant killer. Everybody wants to follow a giant killer. But everybody hates giant killers too. If you're not on their side, they don't like you. So, you know, um, so 
what did he do? The first thing he did was he encouraged himself in the Lord. Now you know what Ephesians 5 says. It says, uh, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So during this time of jubilee, you've got to be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So be not drunk with wine with excess, but be being filled with the Holy Ghost. So number one step in having jubilee and in recovering all is stay full. Because if you're recovering something, that means someone or something or something's been stolen. And the temptation is to do what the 600 did and get mad or even get mad at God or get mad at those who represent God. Now, one of the things Pastor Rhonda and I have done, I've been pastoring 25 years, her uh, almost 23 and a half or whatever it is. I don't, well, no, 23. And so, because uh, we, yeah, 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 23. So one of the things we say, though, is it's so funny when we talk to other pastors and, and talk to people, one of the interesting things things about pastoring is, is when someone gets mad at God, they often get mad at us. Because before, we've represented God to them. And now, when they get disappointed with God or something, which there's no reason to do, and sometimes I preach that out of self-defense, because he didn't do anything wrong, and I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I try my best. But can you see, though, the 600 were... Disappointed with God, and now they're disappointed with David, and so they're angry at God. How do I know that? Because they're angry at David, and they want to kill him. And so in the middle of, and I do know something about this, when everything is going on, we got to be like Paul in the ship. Remember Paul in the ship? I mean, all those guys, they think they're going to die, and the wind is blowing, and they're in no small tempest, the Bible says, and they're being driven, and they don't think they're going to live, yet he goes in the middle of the boat and does what? He has a Holy Ghost meeting, just him and Jesus. And he gets encouraged while it looks like we're dying, he's in the middle encouraging himself. That's why the Lord keeps saying rejoice and be glad. Because it doesn't matter what it looks like. There's something about rejoicing and being glad and staying full that brings you jubilee. And so if it's double jubilee, you just ought to double up. Amen? You just ought to double up in rejoicing. Especially when you don't feel like it. I mean, you remember I tell you this? If you don't feel like jumping up and down, at least get up on the balls of your feet. If you don't feel like laughing, at least give it a ha-ha anyway. If you don't, want to, you don't want to sing, I mean, make some kind of joyful noise. At least grunt unto God with a sound of victory, you know. If you can't shout, do something. All right? So, number one, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And we've got to do that. Jude 20 says what? Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Then what do we got to do? Then what do we got to do? Well, what, what did he do next? It says, uh, and then David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I pursue this troop? So then, after you keep yourself encouraged, then what do you got to do? Well, it's just a good thing to pray. John chapter 14, verses uh, 12 and 13, I believe, talks about uh, asking the Lord. Uh, John um, uh, 15, 7, I'm trying to hurry too much. It says, you know, that if you abide in him and his words abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be done. And then it, it talks, goes, and it talks about, you know, that we don't have because we don't ask. And anything we ask in the name of Jesus, he'll grant it unto you. 1 John 5, 14, 15, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. If we know that he hears us, we know that we have. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. I feel like i got a Robert anointing right now. Hallelujah. And so, um, so but the point is you got to ask. 
You have not because you ask not. Well, the Lord knows what I need. Yes, the Bible says he does know what you need. Before you ask, you still got to ask. Why? It's legal. You got to ask. And you got to ask in Jesus' name. And so you got to ask according to his will. So he began to inquire of the Lord. Because there's some things that are written down. And so we know we don't have to ask, you know, um, Lord, is it your will to heal us? Lord, is it your will to prosper us? Lord, is it your will to give us peace? Lord, is it your will for my husband to be saved? Lord, is it your will for my child to come back to you? We don't have to ask those things because we know the will of God there. It's written. But in your life, you know, sometimes you need some strategies. And just because you want to battle one way one time doesn't mean you're going to get the same strategy. you got to go in for fresh manna. you got to go in for fresh instructions. That's why you've got to stay connected to him. And so he asked. And so he was fellowshipping with the Lord. And he asked. And, and then, you know, just to skip into this, it said, so, um, and the, the Lord answered him back. How many know when you pray, the Lord will answer you back? You'll know what to do. And he said, pursue, for you're going to overtake them. And without fail, and without fail, I like that. I know somebody who doesn't fail. I know somebody who doesn't lose. Well, that's Jesus. Well, yeah, that's you too, though, because you're in him. And if we do things his way, we don't have to lose. Amen. Amen. The only victories you and I lose are the ones that we don't take time to hear and obey and follow out all the way to the end. So he said, go ahead and pursue them, and you'll overtake them. And without fail, everybody say, without fail. Say, without fail, I have jubilee. Say, without fail, I have double jubilee. What does that mean? Restoration. He'll restore to you even the years, even years that you even the years that you feel like you wasted. If you'll obey me, you'll look unto me, set your affections on me, I will restore unto you years. How's that possible, Lord? Well, you can't figure that out with your brain. Some of you don't understand what that was. That was tongue interpretation. That still happens. Hallelujah. Um, so, so my point is, so Lord, it's Saint 17. Um, my point is that his point is that he will restore it to you. Even years. Even years. Come on. We don't deserve that. But that's just who he is. Well, Lord, I did it. Well, he shed his blood so he could undo it. Aren't you grateful? I'm so grateful. Said So without fail. I love that. I could just stay there all night. Without fail. Without fail. Without fail. He said he would never disappoint you. Without fail, you'll recover all. Well, so they went and. Sometimes in the recovery process, you'll have to have a divine appointment. You'll have to have a divine appointment. Because there was this Egyptian guy who was a servant to one of the Amalekites. And he was sick. And they left him to die. And David 
stumbled upon him. But because he was the key, it wasn't stumbled upon. He went to him, and they nursed him back to hell. Got him where he could talk again. And him and David made a deal. And then he helped them sneak up on the Amalekites. That little guy, we don't talk much about him, but he got the good end of the deal. He was once a servant to obviously some vicious people. And they left him to die. They didn't care about him. And God had David run into him, get him back to health. And he said, I'm on your side as long as you promise don't kill me. I'm with you. Okay, you're with me now. So now we're up to 601. Hallelujah. But I forgot about the 200 who couldn't go. You remember the 200 who couldn't go? They were just exhausted. So David left them behind and 400. Now we're up to 401. And so they went, and you know what happened. They, they got all their stuff back. Everybody say, we win. We win. Everybody say, restoration. restoration. Everybody say, jubilee. jubilee. Hallelujah. They recovered it all. But see, it started with, even though it was bad, if there's a restoration necessary, what's restoration? Restoration is putting it back to its original state. You know, um, I tell the story, I don't know why I'm getting nostalgic about my, when I was 16, when I got my car, I realize now, I was telling everybody this, I had a 72 Dodge Charger. I did not realize how my dad was trying to make me cool, and uh, I don't think it worked. But anyway, so, uh, but, but today, like, I, 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 I almost want one back, but don't anyone help me, all right, because uh, I don't have a place to put it, and I won't be able to drive it or anything. But, uh, but you know, what is, what is that? Well, you take something old, and you put it exactly back the way it is. You can do that with houses. See, I love to watch that kind of stuff. I tell you that all the time. Why do I like that so much? Why do I like to see old cars restored? Because it's cool? Eh, not so much. I don't understand all the stuff they do under the hood anyway, so it's not that. Put a, put a house back? Well, I'm never going to attempt that. I can't even take a hammer and a nail. I don't know what I'm doing. Rhonda tells me to put that stuff down. And so, uh, you know, I don't, it's not, so it's not that. I just like when they take something that's messed up and somebody doesn't think it's good anymore and they put it back. And that's what God specializes in. We were all once that. He raised us all from the dunghill. Come on, from the dunghill. Y'all know what that is, right? Come on, this little farmer boy don't have to tell you what that is, right? Y'all know what that is. I want to so bad, right? It's the poop pile. It's the manure pile, right? Glad I've been delivered from that. Hallelujah. That's an awful smell. Anyway, so, but that's what the Lord compares you where you were. You were in a dunghill. And he raised you up. And as on the way up, he cleaned you up. And he just didn't set you in a normal place. He set you with the princes. So when God restores and God fixes things and when God does things, everybody will know that God did it. And, and he gets the praise when he does something and it's supernatural. And all you got to do is dance and run and shout and let him do it. And let him do it. Let him do his thing. Amen. Sometimes when a battle, you know, like, you know, 
because sometimes we, we don't realize when, when God's doing something. We just, because he's always doing stuff for us. And so some of that stuff we kind of take for granted because he's always working. Even when I don't see it, he's working. And when I don't feel it, he's working. And sometimes we don't even recognize when he's working. And then there, so that's when the times when it looks really hard and you've had to stand a little while that he's, he's still working. But those are the kind of things that it, those are the trophy in the case kind of stuff. The, you know, we all want, how many of y'all want testimonies? No, you just want the monies. You don't want the test part. You just want the monies. But you got to have, in order to get a full testimony, you've had to have something go on. And we don't like it. And Lord, if it's going to have one, let's make it short. And I do believe the psalmist said he's right early. I mean, my God doesn't just show up at midnight. Hallelujah. I was telling everybody that in my Bible Institute class the other night, and they all looked at me like, oh. So, I mean, if you believe God will show up at midnight, that's what he'll show up. But he can also show up right early. And I'm just telling you that Jubilee is happening, and this is how to get it. And follow David's example. And they overtook, they recovered all, and everything was restored. And everything was restored. Amen? Y'all glad for that? Amen. Well, y'all ready to give tonight? Man, we got it all done. Look, look at how he, he's so good. The Holy Ghost, when he takes over a service, man, he takes over. And he does everything, and he knows you got stuff you got to do, but ooh, that was a full meal deal. Yeah. Hallelujah. So uh, grateful everything God's doing. So, you know, one of the things with Jubilee is when it comes to your finances, um, one of the things he said was restoration, salvation, healing, health, wholeness, wealth. Amen? It's just part of it. It's all inclusive. It's like salvation. Amen? And so, uh, you know, um, I'm just ex great expectation. Again, you guys, you all are great, you know, you're tithers, you're great givers. And so God wants to do some wonderful things for you. And just so be an expectation. But I kind of skipped over it a little bit. But, but that divine appointment thing, especially for your finances, those of you in this room and part of this church that are listening to this, that you own your own business, um, angelic help is good, but divine appointments, divine appointments, divine appointments, that'll help you do what you're called to do in life. Just like he was saying to Abraham, hallelujah. Well, isn't that nice for Abraham? Well, if you rejoice with Abraham, you can get in on it too. Hallelujah. It's funny. You all are really good at that around here because we've taught you that for a long time. You know, when someone else gets a blessing, you rejoice with them because you're in that same line. Amen? Not like, <laughs> pastor only calls out people he knows. He never calls on me. I'll keep praying that. I'll be able. I, I, yeah, yeah, I will, we'll see what happens. Hallelujah. No, I mean, you know, honestly, God wants to do something for everybody in this room. Doesn't he? Amen. The Lord is good. Aren't you glad you know him? Aren't you glad you know him?
The other thing that's happening during Jubilee, I know we're taking up an offering, but, but, but it was in my notes, and I really wanted to kind of get to it. Uh, well, maybe do it later. Is if you want to be part of restoration, let God use you in restoration. Part of the Jubilee process, what he talked to us about, was prodigals coming home. And if you, you set your heart, you know, um, the Bible says a laborer is worthy of his hire. And if you set your heart on the harvest, on the prodigals, getting them back to the Lord, that'd be like, you know, you, you're David and your wives are gone and, and, it's, or, and your families are gone and, and you go get them back. What jubilation. Oh, there's that word. Jubilation that would be in the same way it is with God when we help get somebody home. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org, check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.